You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey everyone, welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. Join us as we focus the spotlight back on the theater maker to uncover their process. We speak with folks in the industry that often aren't heard from. Such as stage managers, producers, crew members, marketing professionals. And everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, my name is Michaela Brewster, and I am an account manager at Marathon Digital, and we run organic social media content for Broadway shows. So um, I have the pleasure of running Hamilton, Town, Be More Chill, and a bunch of other shows um, over the last three-ish years. And um, additionally, I've also done some work with Broadway Advocacy Coalition, um, with our Broadway for Black Lives Matter um, events that they've been um, hosting for the industry. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I love that you said organic posts. Yeah. With Marathon Digital. Yeah, that's our, our specialty. We um, we actually don't do any paid social media. So I really love it because I, I get to dive into like what I'm most passionate about, which is like engaging with fans and getting to make kind of that relationship really strong um, rather than focusing on, you know, kind of the, the nitty gritty of like dollars and cents and and that kind of stuff. I get to kind of think a lot more creatively while still balancing, of course, like all of the important data <laughs> that goes into social media management. But yeah, because it, it can be, I mean, Facebook ads in and, in and of itself can be a whole other like section of someone's resume, to be honest. I mean, it, it's so complicated sometimes or it can get so complicated with all of the different uh, campaigns you can run and the different audiences that you can tag for uh, paid campaigns, you know, on Facebook specifically. But I love that you, you specifically called out organic because I think that's very unique to uh, Marathon Digital's role, I would say. I don't know if you would agree with that, but that's my, been my perspective of of that company since since it launched. And it's, it's re- relatively new, right? It's a few years old now? Yeah, I was actually, um, I think I can call myself like the one of the third maybe employee of Marathon. <laughs> so um, yeah, I started as an intern um, back in 2016. So the the summer of Hamilton and the Tony Awards. So I, I like to say I peaked back then, um, and it's just been downhill since then. <laughs> I had like the best summer of my life and loved it so much, and went back finished my senior year of college, and then came right back over to New York. And um, yeah, been there ever since. For any of our listeners who've been listening to us for at least the past year, uh, they'll recognize we that we had uh, Stevie Coleman on from Spotco um, last March to discuss her process advertising Broadway shows with Spotco. And a lot of Spotco's clients, uh, when I checked both websites, are also clients at Marathon Digital, including Hamilton and Hadestown. Uh, can you explain to our listeners the difference between Marathon and Spotco's response 
responsibilities in a show's creative process, such as those two specifically? So like Mary was saying, how we kind of have this niche within um, like having organic social media content, um, you know, we are not a full service agency. So we don't do um, paid social. We also don't do any like advertising with like billboards or um, any kind of print stuff. Like we, we don't handle any of that. We really are focused in on social media. Um, and so the cool thing is that we then get to work with a lot of other agencies who do all of those things. So we can kind of like be another cog in the wheel. So in the same way where there are press agencies who come in and just handle like that segment, we kind of operate like that where um, we come in and we just take over the social media and then get to collaborate with um, the agency that has been hired on to do all the other stuff to make sure that the work in social media is lining up with our goals in the larger marketing campaign and that we all are kind of like on the same page. Now, with Hamilton, were you guys involved? You guys weren't involved with Hamilton from the beginning or were you? We were, yes. You so were, the, okay. The public, I think, was kind of like maybe when um, my boss, Mike Carnes, when he kind of started those conversations. Um, but I, with Broadway, we, we've been there since the beginning. Um, my oh, boss have. <laughs> likes to tell the story of um, when Hamilton went to the White House, he got to go with them. And um, at that point, it was like him and maybe one other employee at the time. Um, and... So yeah, like he showed up at the White House with like an iPhone and like maybe a gimbal, <laughs> but like very, very, like that was the beginning of Marathon Digital. Um, we kind of, uh, our birth kind of came with um, Hamilton. That was kind of when we grew and um, when we started hiring on more people. Um, he, he had other clients before that he was working on, but um, that was kind of the catalyst into Marathon Digital that, that I know today that we know today. That's insane. I love that. Yeah. How could you like walk us through how, like maybe some of your beginning conversations with a show um, or any kind of client? If you want to use like any specific show as an example, that that's great too. But just like, what are the conversations that you're having, and how do you then start to build a this brand around this show, and then also then how do you build this social platform or social platforms? around any given show? We kind of enter the the stage at, at different points. So sometimes we come on and we've been with the show from the very beginning, um, like when even like out of out of town tryouts and, um, you know, pre-Broadway, all of that, we get to kind of like come along with the show. Um, and so that we're, we're pretty much starting with a blank slate. That's where we're creating the counts on our own and kind of get to dictate um, a lot of what the social media style looks like, which I can get a little bit more into that later. But um, other times we will come in and kind of take over an account. And so um, those all those have different approaches because one, obviously, um, someone's already kind of begun the work. So we kind of pick up the torch where they've left off and then um, yeah, just kind of put our own spin on things. So um, with with both scenarios, we have conversations with the producers, sometimes with creative team members, where kind of like just from the beginning, we've like maybe seen a recording of the show or listened to a cast album or demos. And then we have some ideas of what we're thinking, but kind of want to have this first conversation be open to them of what would you like to see? What's important to you? And that's when we kind of get into 
detailed questions about like, um, you know, tone and voice of, of the, of the account and like, what do you want it to sound like? What are, um, do's and don'ts of this kind of persona that we're going to create on social media? Um, so we take that after that initial conversation where we kind of get those basic questions answered, um, we come back, we have a brainstorm as the entire team. And then from there, those ideas are handed to me as the account manager. And I break it down into like a strategy document. So we list out goals that we have and um, then put different campaigns in under that. Um, And then give it back to the producers for them to approve. And then that's kind of um, the launching point for us where we're able to kind of have a roadmap of, of what it is that we want to do. And sometimes that roadmap goes through sections of, of the show. So um, for example, with Town, when it was in London before Broadway, you know, we, we had a specific strategy during that point. And then when it was pre-Broadway and in rehearsals, then we had a different strategy there. Once we were in previews opening, you get the point. Um, but sometimes it's segmented by like the life of the show. And then sometimes with um, like a really long running show like Hamilton, it's more um, kind of by years or quarters where um, we might have like an overarching goal. So for example, um, with Hamilton, we launched um, an app. And so with that, we were like, okay, now all of our content for this year where um, we're launching this app and trying to grow the audience there, we want some sort of tie-in to the app whenever we can. So we'll kind of have like one focus um, with some of these long-running shows so that as we're going through each year, it's not like, ah, here's Hamilton's birthday again. Like there's a new take to it each time. So are the goals that you're setting always focused in getting people to buy tickets or does that goal sort of shift in terms of just growing the audience? I think um, the the goals, I would say both of those are are in there, but we even, sometimes the goals are even beyond that. Like, um, for example, with like um, a Be More Chill, for example, with that one, there was kind of uh, a narrative that we wanted to share about about the show and um, almost like a feeling of community that we wanted to create so that we can kind of like with each show, no goal is going to be exactly the same of like, we want this many followers or we want to sell this many tickets. It, it kind of gets a little more nuanced into like, what is the narrative that we want to show? Cause w- with organic social media, we have this kind of hub, this base of, of people that um, we get to kind of have a long-term relationship with. And how many people are on your team when you're, when you're talking about a team, uh, how many people actually like have access to these accounts and are posting? Is it just you or, and how many people are brainstorming all these ideas with you? We're a team of 12, 14, maybe, uh, I forget, but, um, we're, we're a pretty small company and we segment, kind of our, our teams into into two sections. So one is called the account team and the other is the creative team. So the creative team, um, it's kind of split down the middle, like maybe if there's 12 of us, there's six and six on each side. But so that's where our graphic designers, our video editors, animators, all of that, that's, um, that's the creative team. And then the account team, that's where I'm on. Um, 
we each we we call them pods. <laughs> we we couldn't come up with a better name for it, but uh, we're, we're we're workshopping it. Um, but yes, yeah, so we have like pods. So there's an account manager and then an account coordinator, and so the two of us will work together, and we'll have multiple shows that we're working on. So for example, um, Marathon Digital represents Ain't Too Proud, but I don't work on that show at all. So. Um, I just focus in on, on my clients that I've been assigned to. So it's, it's typically two of us in like that core team. And then, um, Mike and Mel, um, our bosses obviously are, are involved in all clients and kind of oversee that process. So working with producers, have you come across producers who like have a hard time wrapping their head around social media? Because from my experience, <laughs> several producers that I've worked with have made comments similar to like, you know, like social media doesn't sell. Like you, people don't really buy off of social media. They're going to buy off of emails or more what's dubbed as like more traditional marketing. And so I'm curious as to your, like what your experience has been like with these creative heads of these different teams. Is it really a lot of convincing? Is it a lot of, um, is, are you actually, you know, can you prove that you're actually selling tickets based on social media alone? Um, yeah. If you could speak to that maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fascinating because the conversation has completely changed. I feel like even in my short <laughs> career so far, um, where I, I feel like when I was getting started in college and doing internships, like a lot of people were like, I don't really know what social media, like why this is important. I know people tell me this, but I, you know, I don't really get it. And, um, that mentality. And then also like, I don't think social media is worth, I don't think that it's worth being. And of course there were people who were like, yes, social media is good and it's the future. But I felt like a lot of the conversation kind of was in this unknown area. And I have felt a shift where now it's more like, Either I completely understand how important social media is, or like I know it's important. People have told me I understand it. I just like I don't understand <laughs> like the actual like how that how this works. So, um, but the good thing is because um, I, I think because we're so specialized in in organic social media content and the like quality of work that that we create is is really high and. Um, you know, everything we put out, we're, we're really, really proud of. Um, we, the producers that we're working with most of the time, like hired us because they, they see how important that is. Cause obviously it would be easier if, if you're hiring a spot co to have the spot co handle the social too. So typically we kind of already have a leg up, um, in terms of their mentality towards social media, because they have, um, gone through the extra step of, of, of bringing us on knowing that, the work that we're going to do, um, you know, it is valuable and something that they wanted, wanted us to, to do. What's your outlook on or strategy when it comes to audience engagement? I know you spoke a little bit about how you enjoy that earlier, but how do you actually engage with the audience through social media channels? Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is where I'm passionate about social media, but like this specifically, like fandom and um, engaging those types of people is like my sweet spot. And so I've been really excited to take on a bunch of those clients. That's like a Hamilton, a, a Be More Chill, a Hades Town that have these people who are like obsessed with this show, need all of this. And um, there's almost like a mentality, a um an understanding that I've been able to gain from years of just kind of like talking to these same kind of people. Um, 
who who feel the same way about a show. So, you know, there are certain things that I don't know, it's almost like in in my gut now where I'm like, oh, I know like this is going to be something that they'll resonate with. But a lot of that connection really comes, I believe, in community management. We actually have dedicated community managers who will log on like before the show, during intermission, after the show. And then also then we have someone else who's doing it like throughout the day. So we're making sure that all the times when people are wanting to talk with us that we're around and and available. And yes, we're a brand, um, like we're not pretending to be a person, but we do create a whole persona around each show. And so there's actual, I've written out descriptions of be more chill is this kind of a person. They think this way, they want want these things. Um, They interact with others in this way. And so we lay all of that out. So that way our community managers know Know the perspective that they're speaking from because each show has such such different voices um, and it's important to lean into that so that it doesn't feel like this generic bot that's talking to you would be more chill Carly is our community manager for um, she was working on that when we were on Broadway it was maybe first preview or opening night or something I was taking photos of people in like the front row and um, they're like, oh, wait, do you, do you run the social media for Be More Chill? And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I talk to um, to, <laughs> to you guys every day. And they're like, I feel like I know you. And they had actually brought a, like, a bag of coffee, <laughs> like, like, a coffee beans. And they were like, this is a gift for, like, the, the I, I told them, I was like, it's actually Carly, but um, yes. And they're like, well, this is a gift for, um the community manager, I just feel like I know them, like I talk to them every day. And that to me was like the perfect example of how when you kind of put in the time and also the individuality to each response and, um, you know, treat each person not as just like another notification, but as someone who wants to engage actively in this brand, um, you know, the the power that's in that and, and the connections that you're able to make with people. So I think that's super powerful, especially for a brand like Be More Chill, which definitely had a life of its own prior to Broadway. And so obviously the fandom had been created well before it hit a Broadway stage that you were able to like create this style guide essentially. But it's like it's it's each show has its own bio, like a like you said, persona like, oh, it's that is so cool. Yeah, it's very nerdy. I get very into it. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really helpful too because yeah, the, the, there's just something that gets ingrained with you the more you know a client where um things just kind of feel Hamilton or not. Like <laughs> you can there's I'm I just feel so like integrated in with the brand that um you know, there are certain posts or certain reactions to things that we would have where um, you can just kind of like snap into that persona and can make decisions because one um, event could happen when one thing could happen in the world and each show might respond differently or not respond or whatever. So um, yeah. I've also noticed the brands, you know, theater outside of theater, like Netflix outside of Netflix, the, the brands or the show's that have a very strong, memorable voice on social media are the ones that I tend to remember the most. Because I know we went through like a time of social media where it was like the thing to really just remain professional. And that really kind of put a mask over everyone's voice. And I think we've gotten into this groove as a society to really lean in towards the 
you know, the Bridgerton like sound when you're chatting with people or posting stuff online versus what you might post with Be More Chill or Hamilton even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and some of these like Wendy's, for, for example, like they literally hired a comedian to run that account. So oh my God. people have really taken it um, so far in a way where I am really grateful because <laughs> it's <laughs> um, yeah, no, and it's it's funny because someone might look at that and be like, okay, well then we need to hire a comedian too. But it's like if you're not a funny show, then you would take a different approach and maybe. Um, I don't know, it, it, like it even gets down to like the punctuation or like which emojis do we use, not you. Like there, there's so many stupid little details that I care way too much about um, that that kind of when put all together, create a dynamic person. Because yeah, to your point, it's like when we are all kind of washing over our, our personalities um, as brands and we're just like sending out information on the internet, it wasn't as interesting as like the people that you knew. And so I think that brands are kind of moving in, in, in that direction to feel almost like people. And um, honestly, even as, as we create content, I, I, I don't know if this is the way that everyone's moving, but w- what, what I have felt is that the more organic that you can feel, the more that you can kind of like blend in and feel a part of everything else that's going on, the the better and the more engagement that you'll get. Um, it, no one, well, actually, now there's a, there's a surge of like graphics and stuff. But for the most part, if you know if you're following Hamilton, you don't you don't just want to see um, gold background and black text every time we want to post anything. Like there has to be some variety in there, and a lot of um, our most popular posts are like. A random photo that we took that like maybe was shot on an iPhone when we have like all these really intense like animations or like big video shoots and um you know it's kind of b- both work in different ways and with different clients and at different times and um yeah so it's it's really interesting to like walk that line and see when you want to lean in on either side I would say overall we send things for approval to the producers so that they can review it um and that's really just because like especially as we get started, we want to be in lockstep with them and want to make sure that we're not putting anything out that doesn't represent the brand. And there's not, there's no worse feeling than like needing to delete a post that you put up or, um, you know, and also that messes with the algorithm and all that stuff. So um, we, we lean probably a little more cautious than I think a lot of other agencies do. But then as we become more comfortable with the producers, we kind of are able to predict, um, you know, what their feedback might be, then we start to kind of pare it down. So um, with Hamilton, for example, my boss, Mike, makes uh, pretty much all of the um, the approvals. And if there's anything really, really big, then we'll go up to to the producers and we'll, we'll share that with them. But then with like Town, we're kind of in like a hybrid where we send them maybe like one or two posts every week, maybe, or every two weeks um, of kind of like the bigger projects. And then the, um, the like day-to-day stuff that we feel comfortable with, we're, we're good. But then on a show that we're just getting started with, we tend to send almost everything just so we can make sure that we're all on the same page and they feel good about it. Some things, for example, like community management, every response is not checked by um, by the producers, but we do create like 
kind of some sample responses. So like if someone says, I'm excited to come to the show, we have like five canned responses that are, are in that voice that then the community manager can either use sparingly or can kind of like riff off of that. So sometimes we have like, yeah, things that are that are in the can that we know that we can use or templated things that we feel pretty comfortable about. Now, I'm interested to know if we talk about Tony Award season, and this was, you know, you mentioned earlier that Hamilton was one of the first uh, Tony Award campaigns that you worked on. So you've worked on Hamilton and Hadestown, which are two Tony Award winning musicals for best musical. Um, How does this change your process when you're working on a show like Be More Chill that didn't really get the same response from critics? You know, obviously at the beginning, you're like, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to have good responses there. But if that's not where um, the the strength of your campaign is, then you need to move on to something else and find what that new angle in is. So um, for us, we really pivoted to parents and teens and kind of like uh, plugging into that. I think the problem that we ran into with Be More Chill um, in terms of ticket sales is we, we had this huge audience that was really, really excited about anything we would post and was just like <laughs> breaking any records I'd, I'd ever seen of engagement rates or um, anything like that. So it felt like on paper, oh, this should be so easy. But in reality, you know, they're spread out all over the country and a lot of them are young and can't just like hop on a plane to come over to to Broadway to to see the show. So we started tapping into more like of that narrative of um, within like the tri-state area, trying to have it um, be something that like parents and and their kids could like connect um, on. Um, So we kind of took that angle, um, leaning into... I know that um, we were we worked with AKA on this and they created this really cool video of like um, being like a viral sensation. I know that was kind of an earlier on um, talking point that we had that we actually ended up moving away from. But yeah, there, there are different um, different talking points throughout the life of the show. And then, of course, um, then Joe Iconis was nominated uh, for a Tony. So then we kind of pivoted to like, okay, it's about the music. It's about the cast album, like a cast album that's been streamed this much. Like you got to check it out, like that kind of a thing. Um, So it it, it pivots with the life of of the show as well as like, what the conversation is on on the outside. Would you say that these those types of conversations and the pivoting that you're having to do and the brainstorming that you're having to do comes I guess more easily the more shows you kind of have under your belt or is it really like a whole new set of skills you're picking up for each client that you have? That's a good question. No, I I think that it definitely builds. Um, The other thing is like, we're really big on like new ideas and coming up with like really creative concepts. But the more you do different shows, the more you kind of like, you know, doing some crazy like, I don't know, for like Be More Chill, we did um, like an Instagram live, like a bunch of like 17 Instagram lives all at once to announce um, us coming to Broadway. And like, that was like this crazy idea. But now like we have done that. We have that in like our Rolodex of information of like, okay, here are some like media partners that we can connect with that we've done this before. This is kind of like how we work out the timing. There are just certain things that you kind of like learn and then can implement in other projects. So then a lot of that with like timing and like figuring out 
you know, where everyone's going to be at what time that then helped me a little bit because then it was a completely different project, but a little bit helped as I was then um, creating these whole like um, schedules for content shoots for um, Hamilton and Hadestown. We were doing that um, a lot right before the, sh- the shutdown. And so, you know, taking taking skills and like seeds of skills from from other projects and being able to be like okay how can we top it this time how can we make it a little different make it unique to um to this show is it's definitely helpful the more that you've done and then it also um it's it's also not just us who's dictating it a lot of the times um you know the marketing and advertising agencies are going through the same thing just it's not represented on social media. It's represented in, um, you know, whatever audiences that they're, that they're speaking to. So a lot of the times it's this group effort. So we'll come together and kind of all brainstorm and um, think of ways of how, how we can each contribute to this new direction that we're headed in. So that's also helpful that, you know, it's not just me and my, um, my experience and the shows that I've worked on before coming to the table, but, you know, it's all these like, Broadway veterans who have worked on so many different shows and who have all these different case studies of like, okay, this works or this doesn't that um, that we can use. So I'd love to shift a little bit from away from shows and into other types of organizations and brands. I know specifically with Marathon Digital, you guys also work with Broadway Con, with MTI, I believe, um, which are not which are theater adjacent, obviously, but not show specific. And then I also want to talk about your work um, with Broadway Advocacy Coalition. And so I'd love to dive into your mind a little bit about like, does any of any of social media, how does that change when you're not necessarily focused on one specific show? If it's, you know, Broadway Con obviously is for all shows. MTI has, you know, a bunch of shows. Um, and then Broadway Advocacy Coalition is a little bit different. So how, how do you manage those? And what are some things that you're doing as you're starting the brand or um, creating campaigns for the brand? So in terms of kind of starting off, I wouldn't say there's too much difference there. There's still that initial conversation of what are our goals? What are the tent poles of the campaign that we want to have? Um, and there's still kind of that persona and the tone and voice. All of that is still applicable even to a Broadway con or a Broadway advocacy coalition. So I would say where it gets different, and this is where it's very different, um, is kind of in how wide our vision is on the industry. So for example, with a new show that's coming in to Broadway, we're really focused in on ourselves, And then we're really, we're focused in on like the other, you know, if it's a musical, the other musicals who are opening in that same season. So we're kind of like in this smaller subset of Broadway. And that's where we're paying a lot more attention to, um, kind of the conversations going on. But uh, with a show, you know, there's, unless that's a part of the persona, typically there's not too much interaction that like Hamilton will have with like, you know, a- another show, unless we're, we have a campaign where we're like, we want to do some sort of like crossover thing. So it's a little bit more tunnel vision. Um, but then once you broaden it up to Broadway Con, then you kind of have to be not only like an expert in 
the new season that's coming up, you have to be an expert in like all the running shows, all the shows that have ever run on Broadway. Like it just really um, expands the, um, the amount of shows that you're paying attention to or the amount of events in the industry that you're paying attention to. Um, so with that, you know, you, you can't dive in as deep as you would maybe with, with um, the show that is, you know, so focused in on, on this one specific goal. So you kind of get to bounce around and um, like with, with Broadway con is where like thinking of content, we just have so much more to work with as we're like, you know, how, how should we celebrate 4th of July or something? It's like, we, we've got all these different options. So um, it gives us some variety. Um, the other thing is like uh, the, the differences in the, like lifetime of, of, of the project, I guess, with, with a show, obviously there's, um, you know, the rehearsal period previews opening and then like however long it runs, but then with a, something like Broadway con or, um, Broadway advocacy coalition where there are specific events, you're kind of trying to like build excitement right before really like go hard on coverage while it's happening you want some sort of like recap or like debrief or something or like being able to share those experiences afterwards and keep that conversation going. But then there's kind of a dip and, um, you know, we, we aren't running Broadway con the same way in like September that we are in January um, because there are different focuses at that time. And there are, um, yeah, there's there's like an increased amount of eyeballs on her account because the the event is is approaching, and so um, the timeline and like our content calendar shifts a lot more for something that's centered around an event rather than something that's happening, um, you know, each shows week. So you're not necessarily having to uh, supply content all year round if it doesn't suit that specific organization is that what you said what you're saying a little bit yeah i mean like we're so for example with broadway con we might whereas leading up to it we might post every day we might take it down in kind of the off season if, if you will to maybe like two or three times uh, a week or once a week depending on kind of what the, the scope of our work is um but there's just kind of more of a yeah, like a, a rise and fall of attention that we want to, to, to gather. And sometimes, you know, it's not always centered around the event. Like there's also the announcement of the dates or like when tickets go on sale, like there are other moments that kind of service those events and those like peaks. I would say with shows, it feels a lot more um, kind of like on the same level um, and of course, again, there are, you know, opening nights or, or big, big, big moments that have, have, um, peaks, but I don't know, it feels when there are events, it just feels more, um, extreme. Cause you really want to build up, uh, a lot and then kind of like give it a rest for a little. How do you and your team members stay organized, you know, to be able to post all these different things and balance all these uh, various accounts. If we looked at your Google calendar, is is do you keep it all like logged in there when you're going to post things? Thank you for asking because I am obsessed with content calendars. I have um, been very involved in the process of creating ours and um, get very nerdy about it. So, oh my god, uh, share all your secrets. I <laughs> love calendars. 
<laughs> yes, they're so great. Um, yes. So we have we actually use Google Sheets as our content calendar, and um, we just create um, like yeah the uh, cells where we have each platform broken out. So we have different copy sometimes that's going out on Facebook versus Twitter versus Instagram or whatever. Um, so we have like all the days um, written out, all the key dates that we might need to know about. And there is a very intense color coding system that I've created and then yelled at um, for um, making sh- <laughs> making sure that other people use it. They're like, Michaela, it's okay. It's okay. We, you know, we don't need to turn it blue or whatever, but I- That's really so satisfying. It. I'm so yeah. on board with that. Thank you. And then oh, it's our approved color is- it brings me so much joy. It's like the the most beautiful color I've ever seen in my life, mostly because it's approved and ready to go out. But um, what color is it? Oh, it's it's like it's a default like Google Docs color, but it's the like brightest like blue. Almost, it's kind of actually like Marathon's almost dark color, like like a tealish. Oh, I love it. I love. I use Google Sheets all the time, so I love to hear that you're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have we've really considered trying other platforms. Um, we considered using Airtable because we, we really love that for other other kind of organizational things within our company. Um, but we gave it a shot. And I don't know, it just, we didn't love it as much. And I know, you know, uh, there are other platforms that are like content calendars, but I love how customizable it is. And yeah, we'll, we'll like put the copy in and then we house all of our... Um, graphics and videos all in Dropbox. So then we'll just, we'll just put the link in there. So everything's all in its place. And, you know, the nice thing is that at a glance, I'm able to see like, okay, we're good for the next week, but we have to get started on this or, oh, this is sitting um, ready to be sent to producers for approval. um, Or, you know, we're, we're missing this item or whatever. It's, it's very, I can see it all. I understand it all. I know what's happening. So yeah, we're, we're big on Google Calendar or Google, uh, Google sheets. That's really exciting. (laughs) Um, so I guess moving into what we're currently experiencing with Broadway being shut down, you're still working on these social media accounts and they're still so active and still engaging with fans. And, and in my opinion, I think that they're providing a lot of that sort of gap that people are missing from going to the theater. So how do you see the responsibility of these social media accounts while Broadway is closed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's also changed um kind of over the the course of this last 9 months that we've that we've been going through. You know, at the beginning um was when we really wanted to emphasize and still to this day, you know, like it's only an intermission and we wanted to really provide ways to um, have people still be involved in the show to feel, you know, like it's still going on. So um, with Hamilton, we did a lot of like live like sing-alongs or um, like live tweeting things or, you know, everyone get on. We're going to do a, a I don't know, an an Instagram live leading up to showtime, like just kind of like trying to recreate the feeling of, of theater as best as we can digitally. Um, And then also just like, 
you know, <laughs> knowing everyone was at home and didn't know what to do with themselves. So you're like, okay, well, everyone's playing Kahoot over Zoom. So let's make, you know, a Hamilton Kahoot uh, game. So like, we'll, we'll, we'll do different things like that um, to try to uh, engage with fans and to kind of keep us top of mind um, as, as we all wait for Broadway to come back. But then of course, in like May, June, whenever that was, um, and then continuing now, which I love to see, uh, there's kind of a, a more like advocate role that a lot of shows took on, which is really wonderful to see, um, as people were protesting in the streets, you know, we were posting graphics too, um, making sure that um, we were trying to get people out to vote or that we um, were even just, you know, plainly stating that Black Lives Matter um, and making sure that we were a part of the conversation in a way that um, was helpful, that wasn't um, you know, calling all the attention to us because that, that wasn't really the point, but directing attention to others. So um, that's yeah, been really interesting. I feel like there's been lots of different <laughs> eras of just the last nine months. Um, and I think that there are a lot of things that we've implemented during that time that will probably still continue on um, even after Broadway comes back. Um, you know, it's kind of things that we're like, oh, this is important. Like, this is something that we, that we want to do, want to be a part of. So with Broadway Advocacy Coalition, obviously we saw, I know that they have been around well before May 2020, but they, you, you know, the organization came back to the forefront of the industry's, you know, social media uh news feeds when everything came to light with systemic racism within the industry. Let's talk about the Black Lives Matter um, again event, or I guess Broadway Advocacy Coalition for Black Lives Matter again event that happened in June. So that's, is that kind of when you jumped on board with Broadway Advocacy Coalition? Yeah. So I actually, um, there was one other event. Um, they did like uh, 24 hour viral monologues that um, I had helped out before that was I don't know, maybe a month before the event or two months. Um, but yeah, so I met Britton Smith, who is um, the president and one of the founders of Broadway Advocacy Coalition. I met him through Be More Chill. And I remember like, he, I was walking backstage one day and he like pulled me aside. He's like, Michaela, I really want to work with you like in some way. And so over the years, I've worked with him on his band, Britton and the Sting. And then um, kind of as different opportunities came up, he kind of pulled me into them. So um that was was a really cool opportunity as they were ready to do this second <laughs> really big Black Lives Matter event um, that I got to come on and and help with that. Um, and really, I wasn't too I wasn't really involved in any of like the planning of the event. But there's a lot of um, you know that that obviously factors into social content. Like we want whatever's going on in the event to be reflected on social media. So um, I got to work with a lot of the different committees who were putting up different parts of the event to, um, you know, have like reflection cards that people would um, post on their Instagram stories afterwards or um, provide video content for them. If, you know, if they, they did this beautiful um, like dance, uh, Ahmad Simmons, it's this beautiful dance. Um, and uh, there was kind of this like spoken word behind it. So I added some like captioning for them or branding or whatever. So um, what was really cool was, we basically started with like this logo and that was it. And it was that like really bright purple and like the starry background and that like really chunky font. 
And we were like, okay, we have this event and we're launching it. And like, kind of where do we go from here? So um, it was really cool getting to like put together the framework, kind of like what I was talking about before of um, with like a show creating this whole persona and um, also getting to tap in a lot more to like my graphic design and like video editing and stuff. Um, Cause at marathon, we've got very talented people who, who do all of it for me. So then with Broadway advocacy coalition, it was just me. So I um, kind of got to, to lean into that and also um, yeah, go beyond just like copying uh, you know, previous posts that we've done to like keep an aesthetic, but to really build off of that and to make decisions of like, okay, we use this font this time and these colors and um, got to really like evolve the branding. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really, really awesome to see the industry rally behind this, this event and this movement. Um, and there were some things that we implemented, like, like I was saying, the like Instagram story screenshot and respond um, graphics that did so well, like really, really well for us. And um, I remember that day I was, I, I, I don't even know how many hours I spent like saving each one and trying to like document and keep track of how many we got. But um, there was, there were some really, really cool things that we implemented that now, um, like that concept, I mean, I, I'm able to take that and apply it in other places, kind of like what we were talking about before of like, you know, you kind of develop this Rolodex of, of concepts and, and things that work. So, you know, we realized that um, it was in line with what we wanted for people to actively engage in the conversation and um, accountability is a huge part of BAC. And so we wanted to make it clear that, yes, we're so glad that you attended and we're so glad that you signed the pledge, but we need even more from you. Like we, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to see where you've fallen short. We want to see, um, you know, how, how you've succeeded and how you've actually implemented anti-racist, um, whether that's, um, ideologies or, um, having conversations with people or resources. Um, we wanted to have people thinking about that. And so, um, that's where that was kind of birthed from. And then we realized like, oh, this is also a really great way to, to spread the word. And, you know, each person is kind of acting as this, um, like a micro influencer and they're spreading the word about this to other people who can then be like, oh, like, what's this all about? Like, I also want to support the cause and can kind of circle back and get involved with us. So, um, yeah, there were some really, really great, um, kind of learning and exploration and, and new things that I got to try out when I wasn't just kind of in in the show mode, you know? Yeah, I will say from a follower of that account, it was fascinating. And also someone who attended those, you know, day two and day three of those uh, virtual seminars, if you will, it was fascinating to see, as you were reposting stuff to you know, that story. And then also my own friends and followers and people that I follow, just seeing what everyone was writing um, and then sharing was a good, it was a very um, eye-opening way for my, for like, for me to also then just, uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Reflect back on my own experiences and my own doings and actions and, and how I've, you know, uh, been acting within the industry or not acting within the industry or not speaking up or speaking up. And so it was, it was interesting to, you know, hold myself accountable for sure. 
Yeah. And I mean, accountability is all about community and, and you have to, (laughs) accountability requires other people, but we're also separated now. And so, um, you know, we really wanted to make sure that, um, you know, people knew that it's, it's also not something that we want, like, we don't want anything swept under the rug. Like we want to bring things to light and we want to have people share and, um, also remove this idea that like you can be a perfect ally or whatever word you want to use there. Um, but to every time that we asked like, okay, what, what are the good things that you're implementing? And, and, you know, what are the ways that you are trying to, you know, be a better person than you were the day before and the day before that, um, you know, also throwing in like, and how have you fallen short understanding that, that we all do, you know? So, um, that was, was really important to us and, um, found, we found that to be a great technique. Do you have any insight into the differences that you might feel from on a personal level, working on a project such as Broadway Advocacy Coalition versus maybe just a show that you were assigned to at work? It's a good question. I mean, for one, it's, it's, those two are very different because one is, you know, there's a whole company <laughs> behind me that I'm able to lean on, um, take, you know, uh, collaborate with them with ideas. Um, obviously, like, well, I can't, not obviously, I can't do animation. So, you know, we'd have like animator. There were like really cool big things that we could do. Um, but so I think that like with, with the shows that I was running, what was really exciting to me, um, especially right before the shutdown is um, we were doing all these like really cool content shoots was like the scale of what we were doing. Um, and we get to do that when we have these longer running shows where, um, you know, we're able to um, invest a bit more of our time and energy and get to like really, um, like dive into a to a brand because you know it, it's been running for a while and so they they you know producers might feel more comfortable to like invest in um, in something like that. So I would say with at least where I was in like March or whenever that was like um, this the scale was really exciting. But then with something like Broadway Advocacy Coalition where I'm running that on my own and that's separate from from Marathon. Um, yeah, there's just a lot more like ownership that I get to have over like everything and decisions that I get to make. And um, I think there's also, um, you know, just being a smaller organization, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's all on me in a, in a good way, sometimes in a, in a way where I'm like, Oh, I'd really like to have someone else's opinion. So um, yeah, so it, it's, it's really exciting, because I get to push myself and um, can kind of, I don't know, kind of even like sit back and like rely on um my autopilot to go on and just to know like okay you've you've done this before you know how to like run these things it's a little different now that like you're handling all of it but um yeah I I think it was really exciting to see um to like look over that account and to feel really proud of the the work that I was able to do um even though I knew that you know I didn't have quite the amount of support that I would normally have if I had a whole company behind me. So, um, yeah, I think it was a good, it was a good experience to be able to, um, yeah, push, push, push my, my limits and, and see what I can do. This is our lightning round section. So we won't really respond, although we might have some like uncontrollable responses depending on how you answer, but these are just like short little 
questions just to get um, just like little zingers, if you will. So the first question, which is my personal favorite question, is what is one thing in the industry that confuses you? Honestly, even like how a show is created from the very beginning. I think that I've seen a lot of like, you know, from a certain stage, um, like once they've done like a, you know, a reading how that process goes from there. But before then, I actually like, I've not really seen that. So now that I think about it, like, I don't know how that process works. <laughs> what are three adjectives that describe your ideal working environment? Fun, like laughter, um, creative, and innovative. Like I want to push the limits, you know? Mm. Is there something in your process that you find unique to you? I... Well, probably no, because I'm sure someone else is doing this out there. But for me, I realized that I really needed to sit with um, with a show or with a a campaign that we were running with, and that um, you know I I found a lot more ideas came from like a longer period of time of getting to like ruminate on ideas. Um, versus there are a lot of people in my company who are very good at just like spitballing and like throwing things out, and I. I quickly had to realize like, that's okay. That's their strong suit. But, um, you know, the way that I work is a little different. What's one job in the theater industry that you think you might want to trade jobs with for one week, if you could. Ooh, okay. I might regret this, but I feel like, um, state like stage management is really, there's so much going on. And I think it's so fascinating to like, be like, I don't know this, this like, person who like at any point knows what anyone is doing at any given time. Um, and there's a lot of like organization and like probably nerdy stuff that I get really into. So I say that now. I'm sure thinking. <laughs> yeah, you'd be able to bring your calendar. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing. But I definitely would spend one second doing it and would be like, okay, no, no, no. This is, this is for, this is for the people who are talented at this. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. If you could invent a social media app, what would be your ideal features? And it could be an app for like just a general social media app. It could be for theater. It doesn't need to be for theater. I think that number one, I would definitely have it be like very short content. I think that number one, that's, <laughs> I have realized my, 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 I am not able to stay focused on, on things much longer, which is getting scary, but, um, yeah, definitely like short form. I think that I'm really interested obviously in like community and like building, um, yeah, like building relationships. So like having almost like, um, Facebook groups, but like the new version of that. <laughs> so whatever that would be. Um, but being able to have those like communities, um, where you're able to, to, to share content with, with other people, um, and interact. Cause I, I feel like I've tried to find like Facebook group equivalents for like, who aren't on Facebook and it, it, I haven't found one that's, um, at least big enough where it feels worth it to, to double down. So, um, that's what, that's what I would create. I think there's a hole there. What is one hobby that you have outside of the theater? I've gotten really into embarrassingly Sims in quarantine and uh, I like burning candles. That's, that's, a, that's what oh, I do. Love a good candle. <laughs> love a good candle. Um, okay. So I guess this is our last question. What is the first show that you want to see when Broadway reopens? Well, I'm going back and forth. I feel like um, six, I just like really want to see that in terms of like new shows that I, I actually saw it in Chicago. Um, but I 
hadn't seen it on Broadway because it was, um, had really just started previews, I believe. Um, but yeah, for like a new show, six. Also, I like, oh, I never saw Mean Girls, which I'm, I'm upset about. Oh. I know. So I, I feel like maybe my response is more like to that where it's like, oh, I just like never got a chance to see that. And so maybe even before seeing, ah, no, I think I'd want to go for like, you know, a favorite. I really love Book of Mormon is one of my first favorite shows. And the cool part is I think we're going to have the chance to see multiple first performances if we're really that into it, because I feel like they're going to stagger openings. Yeah, they have to. They're going to have to. Although then everyone's going to go after that. So it'll be even harder. Whereas before it's one night, like, you know, everyone's going to pick a different show that that increases the competition and makes me a bloodbath in the Broadway community. (laughs) I can't imagine the rush lines. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Michaela. How can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, Well, I, Michaela Brewster everywhere. Um, I'm all about having a consistent handle. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Just my name. Great. We'll put all the all the links in the description of this podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This is yeah. so fun. It was great. Oh, we had so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a really great like sister episode to Stevie's with oh, for uh sure. for sure. I know. I, even when you said it, it was like, oh my gosh, yes, we get to shout out Stevie. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.